Welcome back to the program. I'm Jeff Sheckman. Yesterday, Elizabeth Warren gave a scathing speech on the floor of the U.S. Senate about the seven-year effort on the part of Republicans to delegitimize the Obama presidency. From the birther efforts to Mitch McConnell saying that his goal on day one was to defeat Obama. It's not possible to carry on this discussion without accepting and understanding race as a part of it. The burden of being America's first black president can't even be imagined. We know from the way the current campaign is playing out how a large swath of white America has responded. But how has the black community viewed Obama? The opinions are varied, and we're going to talk about some of them today with my guest, Erin Aubrey Kaplan. She's been a journalist covering black issues for 25 years, including nine years as a staff writer for LA Weekly and two years as a weekly op-ed columnist for the Los Angeles Times. It is my pleasure to welcome Erin Aubrey Kaplan here to talk about her new book, I Heart Obama. Erin, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Jeff, for having me. It's a delight to have you here. Is it possible to find a single kind of unified theory to understand how the black community sees Obama at this point? <laughs> a, a single unified theory it sounds like a law of the universe. Right. Um, no, <laughs> but I will say that what I came up with was a, a um, kind of a unifying view, which is that Obama to... A lot of black people that I know um, is he's a great symbol, of course. You know, he's the first black president. You don't get any bigger than that. But more, more than that, I really think he's more of a folk hero in the tradition of a lot of our firsts, like Jackie Robinson and and Paul Robeson and so many others. I mean, he, that is, he is a great symbol, but he is really at the same time this common man. He is a black American, successful. He's He's that first post-civil rights generation who's, you know, um, um, going for, you know, going for the, the brass ring. He becomes president. But he's also, like so many of us, trying to integrate America, try, trying to, trying to um, um, find his place, you know, do his, you know, fulfill his calling, um, struggle against the tide of racism. And that happened, of course, as you just said, even as president. So a lot of what Obama has done as president is a reflection of what many of us have done and are doing in our own situations, in our workplaces, in our struggle to, to, to succeed, to fit in, to make a difference, all that stuff. And so Obama's a really extraordinary combination of, of, of being that, that traditional folk hero who may not succeed. You know, we kind of, I don't know, many people I know were so euphoric about his, his election, but at the same time, I heard black people say, Oh, he's. This is going to be very difficult, and let's. You know, we have to brace ourselves, and we were right about that. I mean, it's been very difficult for him, and we we, we appreciate even if we criticize or don't agree with everything he's actually done, we appreciate the struggle, and he really has struggled, um, even as president, and uh, that I think is what has really endeared him to so many black people. The problem, of course, with being a folk hero is mm -hmm. that it doesn't necessarily relate to the practical reality of governing. Mm -hmm. uh, that's true. That is a, that is a, um, a whole different kind of work, isn't it? And govern, not just governing, because we have black elected officials, but, but, but president, I mean, the White House. It's, mm -hmm. I mean, uh, I was repeatedly... Um, admonished by people I talk to. They say, well, we don't really know what he's going through. We have no idea what that's like. And it really is a bubble. I mean, it really is a, an alternate universe that, in a way, we don't really know 
we really don't know what it's like. And perhaps Obama will tell us at some point when he's out of office. But uh, that's very, very true. Um, um, we only kind of see um, the end result of things. We see the policies, we see the bills, we see the, 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 the things that make it out of the bubble. But, you know, um, it's like um, we just have to kind of guess how things are. And, but we, we can, we can um, sort of imagine... And we have seen the ferocity of the opposition. Those who, are, who have been opposed to him have been very, very opposed. And I think that opposition is certainly not, not shared by everyone, but it's kind of infected the American political um, atmosphere. Um, and so Obama has, you know, occupied a very unique place um, as, a, as a, this figurehead. This, this, and, and also, I really, I think as this, as uh, one of the, one of the just one of another one of the black communities trying to trying to affect his ideals. It is interesting, though, that it is only now towards the mm-hmm. end of the Obama presidency, and it may be because it's the end of the presidency. It may be because of the campaign that we're in now mm-hmm. and the nature of some of the candidates. But this mm-hmm. issue of talking about the problems that Obama has faced and the racial component that has been a part of that, which nobody was really willing to come right out and talk about up until recently. Elizabeth Warren's speech yesterday being perhaps the penultimate example. Sure. Well, I think we're very reluctant to talk about it. I mean, look, he was elected um, on this great hope <laughs> that we would change, <laughs> meaning to me, the hope and change was really about was really fundamentally about we're going to we're going to change how we do racial business. We're going to accept this black man as president, and it's and it's going to be not great, you know, not it's not going to transform us, but it, it will mean something. But I think that um, so we we wanted to to believe that those of us who did support him wanted so much to believe um, that, but um, it became really clear that um, you know the the um, the, you know, the racial antipathy that has been floating around the country a very long time, came to the surface, and it came to the surface simply because Obama was there. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to admit. It's like it's, it's admitting a failure. I mean, I, I think now about his campaign of One America, how long ago that seems, you know. <laughs> um, this, this, you know, no red states and blue states. Uh, you know, it, this is King's dream. This is what uh, America likes to see itself, likes to see itself in this image. Even those in the Tea Party or those who... I see as, you know, separatists. We all love that ideal. Um, we, we, that's, that's what makes us unique and exceptional. And that is, it is not, we've not lived up to our own promise. And so I think it's, it's been hard for people to come to that conclusion. And so I think it's taken, that's why it's taken so long. And also I just think, you know, Americans are so reluctant to talk openly about race and what it really means. They prefer to talk in sound bites and sort of ideals and theories, and so it's been very difficult for people to, um, uh, particularly white people, to, to, you know, admit to that, because it indicts all of us. It says something about us that we don't like to hear. And um, Obama has, in fact, um, you know, he, he's been most effective, I think, as a mirror, um, showing us to ourselves. I don't think he intended that. He intended something very different, but I think that's what actually happened. What about the criticism that he's come under in the black community? Cornell mm-hmm. West, perhaps, being you know the the strongest yeah. voice. Yeah. Oh well, but yeah, I have a whole chapter on that. Right. He's been he's had plenty of critics. Um, Cornell West is is I think the most the most well known. I mean, he's kind of rare because there aren't there aren't a lot of frankly a lot of mainstream black critics of Obama who are not conservative. Um, Cornell West is a progressive. I mean. You know, he is, um, 
um, been that you know that that a long time, and th- he represents or he voices this this very deep disappointment with Obama. But I would say the disappointment and the criticism is still rooted in this sense of personal identification with Obama. You know, we knew all of us knew as black people knew as president he was not going to he could not and would not be a traditional black leader in the tradition of Martin Luther King and even other black elected officials, or even like a Jesse Jackson who ran for president in the 80s. Um, He could not be that. At the same time, it's very, very difficult not to expect something from a black president, something, some um, uh, uh, attention paid to black people and our various crises. And, um, of course, the whole country was in crisis, and that, that made it difficult as well. But... Cornel West was, you know, articulating this disappointment that Obama has not done that to the satisfaction of a lot of people, um, a lot of black people. And, um, uh, you know, that's, that's real. But, uh, but at the same time, I know lots of people who have been disappointed as well, but they'll, they'll also say, well, he was under so much pressure. Um, we just can't, you know, we can't afford to hold him accountable in this way. There's a lot of this discussion and debate about that even now I've heard a lot of very intense discussion about that what we what we should expect from Obama what what can he do what what are the limits of his of his powers um, but uh, that's one of the one very complicated piece about the Obama legacy amongst black people there are many things we did not like um, many of us including Cornell felt he was too hard on black people when he did speak out for us it was about what we needed to do how we needed to take responsibility etc and um, we felt none of us felt offended by that um, felt he was doing that to shore up his um, support amongst white people and other people who who saw African Americans in a certain way so it was you know a, a complicated relationship but overall I really feel like we you know Obama was one of, one of the family and um, Cornel West, his criticism, I think, was very intense because he saw Obama as sort of betraying um, um, the family, the, the, the black community. Um, and it, it made the criticism uh, intense and to, into the minds of many people too personal. I think Cornell, one of the things Cornel West called Obama was a black mascot for Wall Street. You know, some, some of us said, well, it's okay to call him a mascot for Wall Street, but to call him a black mascot really twists the knife and it makes it too personal. So a lot of these things, you know, these, these deep and personal disappointments played out in public. And part of the problem also, and, and that comment from Cornell West really goes to the heart of it, is mm. conflating policy issues and policy mm-hmm. disagreements, be they mm-hmm. domestic or international, with mm-hmm. racial issues. I mean, the, the yeah. whole battle about Wall Street, mm-hmm. whatever it may be, I mean, we're seeing it play out between Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton right now. It's not a racial issue, per se, but to conflate I, the two, I, I, as Cornell yeah, does, is... I hear is, what you're saying, although I, I think, I, I disagree a little bit, I think I think they're very intertwined, or at least I, I think that... Um, People felt, black people felt, cannot help but feel that a black man, um, you know, we, we have all struggled with economic injustice, which for us has been very, very part of racial injustice. And so um, uh, it, those things, I, in many ways, are inseparable. And Cornel West has always had an economic critique. You know, he's, he's definitely been anti-poverty. He's, you know, that's been very consistent. But I think he felt Obama, as a black person, had a, spe- had, and a special responsibility to address, to address this sort of twin crisis of race and, 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 and economics. Because if you look at the statistics, 
and these statistics have been around forever, although the Great Recession actually illuminated them. Uh, the people least employed um, having had the most trouble finding work, have the most trouble getting hired, etc., are black people, black men in particular. So the argument goes, well, Obama, you know, he, he should have particular sympathy with this. And it, and it is an American crisis. It's not just a black thing. It is an American problem. And um, that, I think, is at the, is, um, at the heart of the, the the criticism, the black critique of Obama. Um, and Obama knows this. Obama, by the way, I don't know if you read his own memoir, mm-hmm. but um, The Dreams of My Father, the first one, he is a very, he's very aware of, of, of the conditions. He knows, what, you know, he knows the history. He knows um, um, some of the solutions, or he's, he certainly um, um, would agree with, with Cornell West's critique, or at least part of it. And so um, we just couldn't help but feel that he had a particular responsibility to address this stuff. Um, the problem was he, he inherited a huge economic problem um, from which we're st- I think we're still in it, frankly, and many, you know, all the indicators are that we are. So, um, you know, um, for him to, to address the black economic crisis, um, maybe he felt he couldn't, maybe he felt he could do that by, by enacting bigger policies, but... Um, it's interesting. Um, one thing I say in the book is that for decades now, black people have not had a movement. We have really not expected too much of any elected officials, uh, certainly not from a president. And suddenly Obama awakens our expectations um, overnight. And that's good to have expectations. It's good to hold ideals. It's good to hold people's feet to the fire. But um, it's also a little, it's a, it's a lot to expect. Not, not, not too much too late, but um, you know, yet we have to be a little self-critical and say, where have we been with our expectations all this time? Certainly it's possible that in his post-presidential years, and he's certainly mm-hmm. uh, very young by any kind of post-presidential standards, mm-hmm. that, that in the post-presidential years it will be easier and even more powerful to be able to address some of these racial issues. Yes, it'll be, and of course the million-dollar question is what Obama will do after his presidency. Mm-hmm. Um, will he go back to community organizing? Will he join Black Lives Matter? I mean, um, what will he do once he's sort of released from the shackles of the presidency? It's very, very interesting, and I, I don't have any idea, but um, I think then maybe we will see who he really is, quote-unquote. Um, um, one thing I say in the book that black people recognize is that Obama has had to wear many hats. He's had to kind of wear many faces. He has... He always has to be aware of who he's talking to. Um, all politicians do this. They all wear faces. But there's a black tradition of having to suppress your real interests and your sort of ethnic interests, your ethnic identity, in order to fit in, to, to, to succeed, to get along. And Obama's done some of that. And it'll be very interesting to see um, what he will do um, without that, that extraordinary pressure of being president and representing all Americans. Um, I don't know, but uh, I am very. I will be waiting to see. Um, uh, I'm, I'm just very curious to see what what steps he will take, where he will go, what he will do. Um, I think he's he's had quite an education as president. I don't think I could. I'm guessing. I don't know that he believes in the one America ideal <clears throat> as much as he believed in it in '08. Because I really think he believed, and that's what moved me mm-hmm. about him. He really seemed to believe in this beloved community that King talked about. That that America, like, you know, um, um, always felt it was striving towards, um, maybe he'll do something around that. 
Uh, maybe he still is a believer. I, I don't know. But it'll be, like I said, it'll be very interesting to see. And the other part, I mean, the other side of that, again, is that if he's not still a believer, mm-hmm. why not? And what is it about mm. eight years in the presidency that has changed that? And wouldn't it be interesting to know that? Be very interesting. Of course, we, we know a few things. We know that he, even, you know, during his 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 candidacy, where he had a lot of support and there's a lot of magic he got a lot of death threats, and I just can't imagine what happened after he got into office. Um, the volume of death threats and you know ugly language and it's, it, all that, which is another thing black people, of course, you know, really really empathize with. Um, those of us, I don't know, 50 and older, um, have you know somewhere along the line experienced this kind of blowback, um, and. So, uh, you know, I don't know if that, if that, if that has disillusioned him. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe he will, maybe he never lost his idealism. Maybe he just thinks this is a phase we're all going through. I, I, I don't know. I'll, we do know, of course, we've all observed him getting grayer <laughs> and um, not looking quite as dewy as he did when he first came into office. It happens to a lot of presidents. They, when you hit, you know, they all hit about 52 or 53 coming to office and, you know, that, that just hastens the aging process. But, uh, this is another great unknown. You know, what did he do with his idealism? Because I really think it was real. I really think that Obama mm-hmm. felt his calling was to be the man, be the guy, to bring Americans together. That he could, he was perfectly suited, situated to be that bridge builder. Um, I really feel, I felt that very strongly. Um, and he ended up being a great divider, not by design, simply by being in the White House. And I. Probably, I can't imagine that didn't disappoint him in some way. Whether it disillusioned him, I don't know. I, you know, we'll see what his idealism is made of. Um, and um, again, that's um, uh, one of the one of the many interesting questions that will be maybe will be answered once he gets out of office. I think it'll be answered by two things. I think that mm-hmm. it'll be answered, as you say, absolutely perhaps once he gets out of office. But mm-hmm. the other thing that will, will in some ways contribute to the answer is what the country looks like next, who follows mm-hmm. him into the White House. And I think that will be a, a key factor as well. Will it be somebody that is more divisive or somebody that seemingly is as divisive but is white and therefore not as divisive? I mean, there's a lot of questions yeah. still to be answered. There are so many unknowns right now, today, as we speak. I mean, um, we, I think we're at a very critical moment um, in our history, a very decisive moment. And, um, yeah, it all, much, much depends on who, on who gets in the White House next. Um, look, that divisiveness might be bigger, you know, bigger, turn out to be bigger than Obama, bigger than his idealism. Mm-hmm. Um, that divisiveness may be trumped, excuse the word. Um, it may, we, we may pass through it, but it feels like a very critical kind of culmination of things because um, um, the kind of racial antipathy, which to me is also rooted, you know, the racial antipathy that, that started during his campaign is connected to the, you know, the, in my mind, to the anti-immigrant um, sentiment, to a lot of, a lot of just bad feeling and um, mistrust and paranoia that that um, that surfaced since. Um, are we that? Are, are we mainly that? Are we mainly something else? Um, how you know? It's this great existential question. Um, who are we, and what will we do? Um, it's, it's. I think it's that big. And uh, who gets in the you know in the White House next will will go to that question. Mm-hmm. And um, so you know, there's a lot. So much remains to be seen. In, in some ways, things are. 
you know, more hazy now than they were when Obama took office in 08. We, we're facing crisis, but a very different kind of crisis than we did back then. And I don't know which is worse. But anyway, it's, it, it'll, it's def- it feels like we're being tested. Maybe it wasn't. Way. Maybe it wasn't just the racial issue that scared uh-huh. people, that it was the idealism that scared people. Oh, good point. Absolutely. Well, big ideas scare people. Um, look what happened to King, I mean, or any number of, you know, or Lincoln or, you know, um, yeah, it's very scary. And because and big ideas also mean change. I mean, big change, um, fundamental change, and that scares people, of course. So, you know, I don't know. I guess you call it growing pains. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see if we survive survive the birth of whatever's coming. Aaron Aubrey Kaplan. The book is I Heart Obama. Aaron, I thank you so much for spending time with us. Thank you so much, Jeff. I enjoyed it. Thank you.